This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. This is the Learn Jazz Standards Podcast, episode 78. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the LJS Podcast. My name is Brent. I am the jazz musician behind the website LearnJazzStandards.com, which is a blog and a podcast all geared towards helping you become a better jazz musician. I'm really excited that you're here, especially if it's your first time ever listening to the show, or if you're a regular listener, thanks for coming back week after week. I super appreciate it, and I am super excited because for the month of September, we are are going to be doing ear training month here on the LGS podcast ear training month in today's episode 78 specifically we're going to be talking about how to master hearing intervals how to master hearing intervals uh, this is so important guys uh, I mean and in general ear training is insanely important. You know, I asked on our Facebook page uh, in our Instagram page recently to to the subscribers to rate on a scale from one to 10 how important they, they think ear training is for musicians. And I want to read to you some of the responses that I got here. All right, over here on Facebook, Carl says 10 plus, crucial. Kevin says minimum of 10. Irma says 11, awesome, that's above 10. Joaquim says 100, oh my gosh, that's not even on a scale one to 10 at all. Okay, Marco says 1,867,989, way off of a one to scale, a one to 10 scale. Okay, let me look over at Instagram really quick, see what people are saying there. Okay, we have Alejandra, 20. Okay, Elia, top priority, 11. Ben, at least 11. Okay, and then we just got a ridiculous one. We got someone who said, one billion. <laughs> okay, so the it's not a question of whether is ear training important or not. It's really a question of how do we learn it in an organized, effective way. And that's what ear training month is going to be all about. Now, full disclosure, another reason that we're having ear training month now is because in October, we are going to be launching our brand new ear training course called How to Play What You Hear. And I am so stoked about this course. Me and the team here at LGS have just been working on it tirelessly. And right now, we have a small group of early students actually going through and taking the course and um, you know we're making little adjustments as we go, and I'm already hearing awesome feedback from them. I'm super excited, and essentially that's what this course is all about. It's going through ear training in a very effective, organized, stepwise motion to truly get results off of it. And so for ear training month over the next four episodes, 
we're essentially going to be covering the topics that are in the course, the four modules in the course, which I call the four steps to how to play what you hear. And the, the four steps are, number one, master intervals, which we're going to be going over today. Number two, recognize chords, being able to hear any chord, whether it's a triad or a seventh chord. And number three, recognize chord progressions, whether it be basic rock or pop chord progressions or jazz chord progressions, being able to hear those by ear. And number four is translating what you hear to your instrument, okay? Translating what you hear to your instrument. This is where you actually pick up your instrument and start developing the relationship between your ear and your instrument. And so regardless of whether you decide to take this course with me in October, you're going to get a ton of value out of these next four episodes. And I really encourage you to listen to this entire series come week after week, because I truly do believe this is some of the most important stuff that we can be talking about as jazz musicians, hands down. It all comes down to your ears. And these four steps that we're going to be going over for the next four weeks are crucial for building that infrastructure of being able to do this. Now, if you are interested in this course, by the way, Go to howtoplaywhatyouhear.com and you can sign up to get notified when the course comes out. It's howtoplaywhatyouhear.com. Okay, so without further ado, let's jump into our first week of ear training month, and that is all about mastering hearing intervals. Here we go. Okay, now before we jump into some exercises regarding learning intervals, I think the first place where we need to start, the super important, is to talk about why recognizing and singing intervals is important in the first place. Now, notice that I said singing. Now, if you're not a great singer, humming, whistling, that works too. So this is really important. In fact, a lot of like ear training apps you can find out there and, and stuff like that, they really ignore this aspect of ear training. They, they really just focus on the recognizing part, which is essentially you hear an interval or a chord or a chord progression, and you just say, hey, that's what that is. I'm going to talk in depth about the importance of that in just one second. Okay, so back to the question. Why is recognizing and singing intervals important? I got three reasons for you. Number one, intervals are the building blocks to understanding chords and chord progressions. Okay, one more time. Intervals are the building blocks to understanding chords and chord progressions. If you can hear intervals, if you can sing intervals, you are well on your way to being able to sing and hear chords. And if you can sing and hear chords, you are set up for success to be able to hear chord progressions. And what are chord progressions within? They're usually within song structures. So you're going to be able to hear chord progressions in a song just by listening to it. So you see how they build on each other. So if you can hear what a major third sounds like, and if you can hear what a perfect fifth sounds like, and if you can hear what a major seven sounds like, well, guess what? You can hear what a major seventh chord sounds like. Okay, it all builds on each other. So intervals are the building blocks to understanding chords and chord progressions. And if you know your intervals, forwards and backwards, both ascending and descending, you are going to be set up for success massively with your building blocks for your ear training. Now, number two, recognizing intervals can help you identify notes on your instrument faster, okay? So if you hear a sound, if you hear a minor sixth descending, and you actually have that knowledge theoretically on your instrument to play that, 
it's it's a matter of you just actually playing it on your instrument. If you have the technical skills and the knowledge of your instrument, you can do that. You already can hear what it is. You have a name put to it. You can just execute it on your instrument, okay? Really important. So number two, recognizing intervals can help you identify notes on your instrument faster. And number three, the last one I want to talk about, singing intervals helps ensure that you truly have internalized the sound and can reproduce it. And I already talked about that, but let me go into some more detail. So if I hear a major second interval, that's a major second interval. If I hear that, I can just automatically, if if I've done the training, if I've done the ear training, I can just automatically say, okay, that's a a major second interval. But it's a completely different thing when you get a note played for you. So, and then someone asks you to sing a minor third down from that. Right? That's a totally different thing. Rather than just actually hearing it first and saying, oh, I can put a label to that. It really takes the ear training to an entire different level. And again, this is something that a lot of apps and courses don't really focus on, which I think is a huge mistake. I mean, because at the end of the day, it's that old phrase you've heard, if you can sing it, you can play it. Well, the truth is it's it's not necessarily that you can automatically play it if you can sing it. The idea is that you are able to reproduce that pitch. Therefore, that means you truly have that unlocked in your head. Okay, does that make sense? So number three is singing intervals helps ensure that you truly have internalized the sound and can reproduce it. Okay, now let's start from the beginning with intervals, okay? And I know everybody listening today, we've got a lot of people from different uh, experience levels with ear training, and I understand that completely, but I still think that no matter what, it's important to start the very basics with ear training, okay? The very basics. So what I want to talk about really quick is the first three intervals that we can do go over, which is a unison, a major second, and a minor second. A unison, major second, and a minor second. And right now, I only want to focus on the ascending ones because you have descending ones. Descending ones are, are, are typically a lot of people have a harder time with them. But let's just start in a small batch really quick. Unison, minor second, major second. I want to talk about these three intervals. The first one is a unison. So this is what it sounds like. All right, now this is not rocket science here. A unison is the same note being played one after another. In fact, it's hard to even call it an interval because technically the definition of an interval is the distance between two notes, okay? The distance between one note to the next. Now, regardless of whether you think this is incredibly easy or not, the reason we talk about unisons when we're going to have a thorough understanding of ear training is because the basic idea of ear training, whether it's intervals or chords or chord progressions is can you hear whether a note is higher in pitch from a reference note or lower in pitch now a reference note meaning it's the first note that we're hearing or in the case of chords it could be the bass note is it higher in pitch or lower than pitch so the very first step is hearing a unison being able to hear the exact same pitch played one after another Okay, now here's where the singing part comes in. This is really important. I'm actually going to be using some tracks here that we use in the quizzes for our new ear course, How to Play What You Hear. And this is what I call a singing track, a singing practice track. So basically, I'm going to hear a note, my reference note, and then I'm going to sing a unison. And then there's going to be a piano that's going to play after a little bit of space to check to see if I got it right. All right, pretty simple. Let me do it. 
All right, so did you see how that worked? I heard the piano. I heard the reference note. I sang the note. I held it out until I heard the second note being played. And remember, if singing is not your thing, if you're not a really great singer, you can also hum. You can also whistle any noise you can to try to replicate that pitch. And you don't have to be perfectly in tune as long as you're just not hitting the wrong interval all together. Okay, so that's the basic starting point. Let's move on to minor seconds ascending. Okay, minor seconds ascending. Listen to what it sounds like. Okay, so this is still one of the more easier ones to recognize, recognition being the first step, right? So now here is the key, and, and this may not be new news to you, but here's the key to learning any interval, right? I mean, you could listen to it over and over and over and over again until it just is ingrained into your memory, and that's great. That's one way. But a kind of a shortcut, a hack, if you will, for learning any interval is to associate it with a song, Okay, associate it with a song. So here's some songs that might help you learn minor seconds. Okay, minor seconds ascending specifically. Um, okay, so the Jaws theme song, like, right, that's minor seconds. Uh, okay, Jazz Standard, How Insensitive by Antonio Carlos Jobim. The How Insensitive. So the In, How Insensitive. That in is, that second note really, is the minor second. Um, Pink Panther theme song is one. Uh, Isn't She Lovely by Stevie Wonder. Isn't she lovely. So that second note. Isn't she lovely. That's a minor second ascending. Now great songs to do are children's songs or even Christmas songs, because a lot of people just seem to know those songs. So any song that is just one you know really well is a great one to pick to help you learn this. So White Christmas is a good good example. The I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. So I'm dreaming. That dreaming is the minor second. Da, da, da. Okay, so that's a great one. And whenever you pick songs, just pick one for each interval. If you pick more than one, you, it sort of starts to get a little confusing for you. So just pick one. So that's a little tip for you. Okay, let me do a singing practice track because this is important to do the singing side of this. All right, so I'm going to do a completely different key. I'm going to sing this interval. Now, that one's a little tougher to sing because it's only a half step away, right? It's very dissonant. So sometimes if, if maybe you, you need a little help, if you are not as far along with your ear training, sometimes it helps just to sing the unison first of, of the reference note. So, duh, and then sing up from there. That's acceptable too. But if you can, try to go straight to that interval, that minor second note in this particular case. Okay, does that make sense? Let's move on to the major second ascending. We're, we're going to do some of these, then we're going to go and, and talk about some descending intervals as well. So the major second ascending, this is what it sounds like. Okay, again, the secret, if you're just starting out learning these intervals, is to associate it with the song. So let, what are some songs that we can think of for a major second? Well, here's a few options that I have for you. So, In a Sentimental Mood by Duke Ellington, if you're familiar with that song, 
in a sentimental mood. Okay, so in a, those first two notes, the first two words, in a sen, so in a, that's a major second ascending. Okay, now, happy birthday. Okay, this is a case where it's not the first two notes, it's the second and the third note. So, happy birthday. Right, the first two notes are unison, happy birth, but the happy birth, that's a major second interval ascending. Uh, okay, let's look at another one. Um, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, again, another Christmas song, a lot of people know that. So, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Rudolph, major second right there. Uh, the children's song, Frere Jacques, at least in the, I'm going to just sing the English lyrics, not the French ones. Are you sleeping? Are you sleeping, Brother John? Brother John. So are you, are you sleeping? Are you is a major second ascending. Uh, okay, what else do we got here? Silent Night, another Christmas song. Silent Night, Holy Night, all is calm. Right? Silent Night. That's a major second right there. Sigh. All right. So there's lots of other songs. If you can think of other songs that help you, the most important thing is that you're picking songs that help you memorize them. Does that make sense? Okay. Now I want to go over some descending intervals now. Okay. Because descending intervals tend to be the harder ones. And I'm not going to go and do the minor and the major second descending because I could really spend like hours and hours and hours and hours talking to you about these intervals. I mean, there's, I, again, like I said, I have a whole course on this. So I'm going to jump ahead. Let's go to the perfect fourth, the perfect fifth, and the minor sixth descending. Okay. All descending. So let's start with the first one. Let's start with the perfect fourth descending. Here's what it sounds like. All right, so it's important for me to point out, if it's not obvious already, that the songs that you would associate with a descending interval, it would be different than the ones that you associate with a ascending interval. Just want to make that clear. So here's a few songs that you could think about for descending perfect fourths. Uh, All of Me, the jazz standard, a lot of people know that song. So all of me, why not take all of me, right? All of, that's a uh, perfect fourth, rather, descending. Uh, George of the Jungle theme song, George, George, George of the Jungle, da, 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 right? George, George, that's a perfect fourth descending. Um, I've been working on the railroad. I've been working on the railroad all the live long day, right? I've been, those first two notes, those first two words are perfect fourth descending. All right, now let me do a sing track so you can hear what this sounds like. Now, when I'm practicing the singing or humming or whistling, I'm always changing the key because your ear is going to pick up on different keys differently. You're going to hear things differently depending on what key it is. So that's a little tip for you. When you're practicing this, which I'm going to go over a little bit at the end of this episode, some ways that you can practice by yourself. When you're practicing, make sure you're changing up the keys all the time and adding them in different registers rather than just low or medium or high registers. Okay, moving on to the perfect fifth descending. I'm skipping tritones for now. It's a little bit more of a complicated one. So perfect fifth, here's what it sounds like. 
Now, again, you're going to associate different songs with descending intervals than you would for the ascending. So here's some choices that you could use for the descending perfect fifth. Okay, first one I would suggest is really classic. It's the Flintstones theme song. A lot of people know that. So Flintstones, meet the Flintstones. Right? You probably recognize that. Flintstones, that's perfect fifth descending, those first two notes. Uh, Okay, the jazz standard, The Way You Look Tonight. Don't know the lyrics very well. That's a perfect fifth descending. Okay, uh, minuet in G, the Bach tune. Okay, so it's D. Okay, right? You recognize that song? D. Right? That's a perfect fifth descending. All right. So, so all these ways that you can learn. And if there's another song that comes to your mind, use that one rather than the ones I'm suggesting here. Okay. Let me do a sing track. I'll practice it in a, in a different key. All right. So I whistled it because I didn't feel like I could sing it that low in tune. And that's totally okay. Again, the idea, this is not about singing great. It's about getting that pitch the best you can. All right. One more interval. Let's do minor sixth descending. Minor sixth descending. This is what it sounds like. Okay. Now in general, when you start getting to intervals that are farther apart from the reference note, especially for descending. It's true for ascending intervals, but definitely for descending. There's less options as far as songs that you can think of or use. And that's definitely the case for the minor sixth. But sometimes you don't even have to use a song. For example, a lot of times I just think about that classic jazz ending. You know what I'm talking about? You ever heard that before? Maybe maybe you've heard that before. Well, it's that interval there. That's a minor sixth. Um, you know, the one I actually use, it's, it's that really cheesy song. I'm not a big fan of the song, and I'm sorry if I'm offending anybody who does like it. It's that song, 100 Years by Five for Fighting. The uh, I'm 15 for a moment. Da, da, da. You know, the chorus goes, 15, there's still time for you. Time to blah, da, 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 da. Ooh. Maybe you recognize that song. Anyways, the, the, the beginning of the verse goes, I'm 15 for a moment. So, fifth, I'm 15. That's that minor six descending going there. Um, Chega de Sadad by Tom Jobim. It's also called No More Blues in English. So it goes, No More Blues. That's another way to memorize it. Um, the song Misty, you can think of the first to the third note of the melody as a minor six. So, look at me. I'm as helpless as a kitten up a tree. Look at me. So, look me. That's a minor six descending. Okay, so it gets a little trickier, and that's where the training side of it really comes in. Just the practicing and the repetition side comes in. All right, let me do a sing track for this one. Duh. 
So for me at this point, this is all automatic because I've done a lot of this. You know, if I hear that reference note, I can sing any interval descending or ascending almost immediately. And I'm not always perfectly in tune, but I'm still always hitting that interval. Now we've only covered a, a small handful of all the intervals today. So here are all the intervals that you need to know. So unison, minor second, major second, minor third, major third, perfect fourth, tritone, perfect fifth, minor sixth, major sixth, minor seventh, and major seventh, and octave. Okay, that's 13. And that's just that's just one for each ascending and descending. So total, total you have 26 different pitches that you need to memorize. And that that might seem overwhelming especially if you're a beginner with ear training, but if you batch these together and practice them in batches in a very organized way, you can really develop your ear this way. Just build one after another, okay? Now, this is where the training side comes in, right? Because so far over the last 15 minutes or so, all we've really done is introduce the idea of how to recognize these, associate them with songs to help us memorize them easier, and practice singing them. But there's a big side of this that we're missing, and that's the training side. That's why it's called ear training, because you actually have to practice this stuff. It's not a matter of just doing it once or doing it twice. It's all about repetition over and over and over again. So how do we do this? How do we practice this stuff so that it becomes so second nature that you can sing any interval at all, right? And then we can move on to building our skills to chords and chord progressions, which ultimately is just going to really rock our world when it comes to becoming a better musician, well, in our course, we have quizzes. We have tons of quizzes that we go over. That's one thing. But outside of that, how can you do this by yourself? Well, the greatest way you can do this is get together with a friend, someone, a like-minded musician or, or anybody. Get them out at the piano or, or any instrument and just have them start playing random intervals for you and you just start training yourself on them. And you could maybe say to them at first, all right, I only want you to do minor seconds, major seconds, and minor thirds. I only want you to do that. And what you do is you call them out as your friend plays them on whatever instrument they have. You call them out and say what they are. Your friend can tell you if you were right or wrong. So you do have to have somebody who's a little bit more musically, uh, understands what's going on musically. They, they can't not be a musician, right? They have to know what that stuff means. Now, as far as the singing goes, you can actually do that by yourself. So you can take your instrument play any note and just ask yourself, okay, sing a major third up from this note. Okay. So you play the note. Okay. What's a major third up from there? Okay. I just sang it, right? So you play that note on your instrument, just play random notes and even think about they are and sing whatever interval, whether it be ascending or descending away from that. You won't give it away because you're not actually playing that interval on your instrument, right? You're just playing one note and using that as a reference note to sing from. The great thing too is like you can do this on your commutes to work or to school or where you're walking around. You don't have to be near your instrument either. You can just sing random things to yourself. Um, you know, sometimes it actually drives me nuts because I'll hear a siren go by or I'll hear uh, just some random pitch of bells or something like that. And I'll be like, oh, hey, that's a minor third descending or hey, that's a major sixth. You know, it's like really actually can get super annoying, but it's also great to be aware of these things because you can just practice in your environment at all times. That's a great thing is there's the side of it where you're actually having to sit down and discover and learn 
you know, identify those songs, help yourself learn. But then there's the training side, which with ear training can happen anywhere you want. It doesn't have to happen in a practice room. That's the great thing about this. Okay, so mastering intervals, that's what I consider to be the first step of how to play what you hear, of hearing what you're, to, for playing what you're actually hearing in your head, which is, uh, which is ultimately the level we all want to get to, right? We all want to get to that level as improvisers, as jazz musicians, as musicians in general. Now, this is just setting up a great infrastructure. Of course, there's lots of other things you can do for this, like learning solos by ear, learning songs by ear, all this stuff. But this is really getting to the fundamentals, really digging deep and getting a strong, firm foundation to get killer ears. Okay. Ear training is so important, guys. I really hope that you stick with me for the next several episodes. This is really, really important stuff. And we're going to keep building off of this point. All right, that's all for today's show. I want to thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, if you want to get notified when our new ear training course, How to Play What You Hear, gets launched in October, then go to howtoplaywhatyouhear.com. That's howtoplaywhatyouhear.com. Go ahead and sign up there, and you'll be on our list to get notified when it's released. Now, if you got value from today's show, consider leaving us a rating and a review on iTunes. It's really easy to do, and it really helps us spread jazz education and help more people find this show. All right, now next week, we're going to be talking all about mastering hearing chords. Look forward to seeing you back then in episode 79. Thanks for listening to the LJS Podcast, brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes. And don't forget to join our jazz community at LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash ask. That's LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.